It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. And now. Hello and welcome back to C-Red UK, where quite simply, Chicago Bulls sing. This podcast is part of the Fans First Sports Network, so wherever you're listening, rate, review, subscribe, helps us out, and ensure you don't miss another episode. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit the bell, give us the thumbs up, and why not leave some comments down below. I'm Matt, and as usual, joined by Neil. How are we doing, Neil? I'm good, thank you very much. Um, always look forward to these episodes when we have uh, something special to bring. Yeah, it's uh, quite a late late recording for us that's because we've we've got a guest on and we're doing what we normally do our little intro and then we'll we'll throw it to the the interview content however you want to word it and on tonight's one we are joined by Hayes of Chicago Bulls Central Locked on Bulls and everywhere else that he mentions Uh, it's just basically has Central on the end of it and you'll you'll find him so before we do, latest news. There's um, not a lot. No. <laughs> On the last episode, we spoke about the the dame not coming to Wolves. Mm-hmm. Um, we we do kind of go into it a little bit in this chat with his. You know, basically, I just think that people are using Bulls to get a bit of clout behind the the stories. Obviously, one bit of news that did come out was apparently. Bulls were going to look to get Tyler Hero. I think that came out pretty much after we finished recording, didn't it? Last week. Yeah. Now, I'm not a fan of him. I don't see how he fits this Bulls team. The only way I would say he does is if we could somehow trade Lonzo's contract for mm-hmm. him, basically, plus whatever else we need to to make the salaries work. Well, I think next year he's on twenty-seven million and goes up over thirty in the next however many years. And yeah, I mean, he don't fit on the team, does he? Well, I mean, the guy can shoot. We need shooters, but aside from that, no, <laughs> um, I'm not. I'm not really on for this idea at all. Um, I mean, I feel like all I'm doing lately is saying no to every trade that gets proposed, but. Um, yeah, come out with some better ones, people. Uh, yeah, no, it does. It doesn't do it for me. It doesn't move the needle enough for me. And you do worry about what you'd have to give up in order to make this kind of trade happen. And is it really enough of a benefit to Bulls, or is it just going to benefit the Heat and Trailblazers a hell of a lot more, and we're just like a third party? Yeah, and then look, I mean, every time you go on Twitter or the socials, whatever it is, there's a new team that's in the talks. I think last night yeah. I saw it was Bucks were close to getting Dame. Today it's Raptors are the, yeah. the front runners now. You know, and well I just can't wait for it to be over with. 
it's, it's dragged on now. You know, media day next week, training camp starts next week. It's, yeah, go wherever you're going. If you want to go to Miami, go to Miami. If not, sit and soak in Portland. <laughs> really couldn't care less now. It's yeah. annoying. You know, and that's before you even get on to sixes and your mate James Harden. I was actually just going to bring that up. Yeah. Um, that's the problem, isn't it? Like, as soon as this Dame situation is put to bed, we've still got to deal with, still got to deal with the James Harden situation. And, and as you just mentioned, I've, of course, got a real soft spot for James Harden, or at least I'd like to find a soft spot and bury his head in it. But um, <laughs> apart from that, uh, yeah, we're going to have to bear that as well. Uh, so the sooner all this stuff around the league is put to bed and the sooner we can just start focusing on the, on the season coming coming up which is getting very close yeah next week media day yeah so on that i will send it to the ad read and then on to the chat with his so our partners over at usa sports usa sports is a uk and european based sports merchandise retailer they cover everything from the NBA, NHL, NFL, MLB and Formula One. From hats to hoodies, there's something for everyone. From Chicago Bulls to Team Red Bull and everywhere in between. So check them out on all the socials and at usasports.co.uk. And at checkout, enter the code CREDUK for 15% off. So welcome back to CREDUK. And it's a first time welcome to our guest of Chicago Bulls Central and Locked On Bulls and I'll allow him to say everything else that he covers as well because he does a lot. So welcome Hayes. Great What's going you. on guys? Thanks for having me man. You're very welcome. Yeah so you obviously you cover obviously Bulls is that's where most people probably know you who's listening to this but you cover a lot of other things as well don't you? With your content and yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to miss any of them out, so I'll let you tell people where you cover and who you cover. Absolutely. So uh, basically, if there's a Chicago team you follow, just put Central afterwards, and that's, I probably have a show for it. So Chicago Bulls Central, Chicago Bears Central, uh, Chicago Sky Central, Chicago Cubs and White Sox Central. Uh, so yeah, everything. NBA Central we do as well, Locked on Bulls, and that's it for right now. And I probably am not adding another podcast anytime soon. So. I think you've got plenty to keep you keep you occupied anyway. <laughs> no, for sure, for sure. Yeah, just maybe chose the wrong city. Listen, <laughs> blame my father. He's the one who born and raised in Chicago, so I was raised a Chicago sports fan, and now I'm the one paying for it, right? So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we we know that pain. <laughs> we do. Um, we actually selected to be Chicago Bulls fans from afar, so. You know, that, that kind of looks a little bit, bit more um, <laughs> of a choice right now, shall we say. For sure. For sure. But, you know, I think I, I respect people more who stay with the team. Too. I, like one thing about me, like, I've never been a wishy-washy fan. I don't understand the whole thing of, like, how people switch teams just because their team isn't doing good. Like, that's just a concept I've never understood. So, like, yeah, right now a lot of my Chicago teams are down, especially the White Sox. But – I can never, I can never even imagine rooting for another team. So, yeah, I'd say I'm the very same. Uh, Matt's the same too. Um, you know, if, if you can't support your team, this is the way I look at it: is if you can't support your team in the bad times, you don't get to fully appreciate the good times when the good times do roll around. Exactly. Yeah, and at the end of the day, if we didn't, we wouldn't be doing these sort of things as well. You know, That's true. Yeah. Certain type of passion to be able to cover the balls and everyone else through the off-season when it's been pretty pessimistic, shall we say, from a lot of sort of avenues. So obviously, back in April, we come on Chicago Bulls Central with you. Um, and it was the the night after Bulls season ended against Heat. Yeah. So it was a pretty difficult episode to... <laughs> <laughs> to get up for, shall we say, you know, yeah. we were pretty tired because I think the game finished at about 3 a.m. Yeah. And we moved till about half four, something like that. Um, and then we come on with you about, I can't remember what time, about eight o'clock at night. So we were tired, pretty mo emotional, pretty, you know, sort of withdrawn, shall we say. 
So the first question I've got for you is, obviously that's, what, five and a half, six months ago now. Where are you at with Bulls right now? As we, you know, we're less than a week away from media day, less than two weeks away from the first pre-season game. A lot's happened. Maybe not what moves people wanted, but they did make some moves. Yeah, I, I like what the Bulls did. I think, you know, they brought the players they brought back in Io, Kobe, and Vooch, they brought back on really reasonable deals. And I think that they those are deals that are going to, you know, they're, they're going to more than live up to the value of those, especially Kobe. Um, and then I look at, you know, the players they brought in in Javon Carter and Torrey Craig, I understand the fit there, right? Like, I, I always call it on my show, I say that the Bulls really improved in the margins. And that's that's really what the Bulls needed. If you look at the Bulls last year, we were 29th, I believe, 29th or 28th in three-point shooting. Just by the career averages that Torrey Craig and Javon Carter bring in shooting, that would have pushed the Bulls up to top 10 in three-point shooting attempts per game. And so that's something that we really do need when you look at adding space for DeBar to operate, adding space for Nikola Vucevic to operate, and just being a more modern-style offense. Those players really are going to bring a – a skill set that we drastically need on this team. So I look at that as like being, yes, margin improvements, but there are improvements that really do help. And then on top of being solid three-point shooters, they're also really good defenders. And while the Chicago Bulls were top five in defensive efficiency last year, we know that that was because the Bulls did not fight for offensive rebounds. They immediately went back and set up on the defensive side after an offensive shot went up. They usually kept just Vooch down there to attempt for an offensive rebound, but everybody else went to go set up for defense. And so now having better point of attack defenders as well, which is going to improve our half court defense. So we've improved in two areas where those are where we see teams really be able to make uh, or raise their ceiling in three point shooting and being a better half court defensive team. So I really like those additions for the Chicago Bulls and how they could pay off in the long run for the team. Yeah. I mean, obviously the first sort of move they made really was the hire of Peter Patton as well. Yeah. Uh, then they've later followed it up with is it Austin Default the been added to the development team as well. Yes. Um and I think they're sort of underrated moves that a lot of Bulls fans don't really pay that much attention to. And I, I don't think we're gonna see the full benefit of it this year. I think it's obviously a, a long term thing with players like Dalen and Julian Phillips, obviously, who we moved into the draft to get as well. Um so do you think them little moves eventually pay off for Bulls or is it just typical sort of Bulls moves that don't move the needle in any way? No, I think it's definitely going to pay off. I just think that, you know, fans, I want fans to temper their expectations if they think, you know, we hired a development coach and all of a sudden now it's going to pay off immediately. Those type of moves are ones that pay off over, you probably won't see the results of that to a year to 18 months, two years after they came, they, they've, they've come here and really gotten a chance to really learn the players, come up with a development plan, and then start executing that development plan. So I think it's going to pay off when you look at the Bulls and just the rawness of the young players that we have in Dalen Terry, Julian Phillips, Adama Sinago, uh, Justin Lewis, uh, or even earn a lot bit him like a player that uh, earn a lot bit him coming from the Euro League. I really think that, you know, him, having him adapt to the, to the NBA style of, of basketball and the, and the added three point line, I think having, you know, because we also added last year a shooting coach. I can't remember his name. That's specifically down there with the Windy City Bulls. So AK's added three different coaches at different levels to really help develop. And I think that we're going to see the results of that probably starting next season. But uh, it's not going to be an immediate one. But I definitely think it's good for the future of the Bulls for sure. Yeah. And one other thing that they've addressed well, quite early was the whole Lonzo Ball situation. Mm. Obviously, we had that hanging over us pretty much till well the fans knew it wasn't happening last year but bulls just seem to keep hanging on and hanging on and do you think that's going to benefit us going in obviously the fact that we've sorted it out obviously we've applied for the dpe but not used it but they've addressed it by bringing in like you said two players that basically cover what lonzo was giving yeah, I think that, you know, last year I really do think, you know, right, it ended up being wrong, right? But I really do think AK had hope that Lonzo was going to be able to return last season. Um, this year they know now he's going to be out the entirety of this season, and I think that's add clarity on the moves that they need to make, and that's why we saw them go after the players that they that they went after. I do think that, um, you know, I have my doubts on Lonzo's ability to return, like the 
the history of that injury is really brutal. So, you know, we'll end up seeing what that means long term. But I think they've gotten a guy in Javon Carter who brings a lot of what Lonzo uh, brought to this team. He's not as versatile defensively like we saw Lonzo guard uh, threes and fours. Javon Carter is going to really be able to guard the, the, the ones and the twos in the league and be versatile that way. But, you know, they, they've added somebody who can replicate some of what Lonzo did. And I think more so is going to is going to definitely be a better player than what Pat Bev was for us last year as well, which I think is going to help the team a lot. Yeah, um, I, I think they've done a good job um, considering the limitations that they had on them, uh, mm-hmm. particularly financially, um, to, to try and, like you say, replicate what they've lost in Lonzo. I, I mean, you're, you're not going to be able to fully replicate what, what was lost because you had that 3 and D guy that was able to see the floor and, and move in transition the way he was. And it was all wrapped up in one little Lonzo ball bundle. But, yeah. you know, now, now what you're trying to do is you, you're trying to find players and bits of players that you can you can plug that gap, I guess. Um, and, and that's not easy to do. Um, do you think that certain players going into this season can make the moves that are needed, you know, as in uh, DeMar to be that little bit more passive in order to allow the players around him to become more involved in the offense. Zach finally stepping up to become that 1A player and the likes of P. Will asserting himself at the four, et cetera, as well. I hope so. Like, I, I, I mean, I have my doubts, don't get me wrong, but I think overall the young players on this team, and P. Will is definitely the one that we got to look at the most. Like, I, I, I feel like they need to understand how to go about getting impacting the game without necessarily getting a lot of touches on the offensive side of the ball. And I think that's where a player like Torrey Craig can help Patrick Williams, right? And and bring him along because Torrey Craig's been a player that he's been a role player his whole career. He's he's always been on and him and Javon Carter, they've always been on players with other really ball dominant stars. So I think that, you know, hopefully if they take Patrick Williams under their wing, uh they can they can teach him and you know the other players on what they need to do to impact the game. Dalen Terry is another one as well. Like, yeah, he doesn't have a shot consistently at all, but like what Dalen Terry is able to bring in in defense and you know causing turnovers and getting out of, he's a really good passer in transition half court pass and he makes some mistakes right now but like those are things that i want to see those players definitely increase and and uh do do a lot better as well yeah just on like players like dylan obviously a lot of people are saying that he's not going to make it in the lead in in the league because he hasn't got that shot mm. but do you find that he's the sort of player that can find his position on the team without that shot you know like you say with his defense with his uh, passing and stuff like that you know he's he's one of them players that he will just chase the ball and you know he's just energy straight away and yeah he does need that shot but can he still be in the nba without it I think so. I mean, we've seen players that don't have the best shots, right, being able. And I, and I think it's it's way too early to say that he's just never going to be able to find a shot. I mean, we saw it in the last summer league game. Like, there, he's made improvements on the shot. And I think, you know, give him a couple of years. He's still a really young kid. There's going to be people coming in the NBA that are younger than him for at least the next two, maybe even three drafts. So it's way too early to say what he can and can't ultimately be. But I do think that he has skills that we've seen teams be able to take advantage of the uh, causing turnovers, the defense, the getting out in transition, the energy. These are all things and ways that you can impact the game. It ne- he needs to be a little bit more controlled at times. And I think we saw last time, last year too, he didn't always grasp what the offensive concepts were. So that basketball IQ needs to be raised some too. But I think Dalen Terry is a player that can make it. It's just going to take time. And I think, you know, right now, patience with players is something that a lot of Bulls fans don't have. So, Yeah, I mean, with, with Dalen, he kind of reminds me of uh... – a rookie Javante Green sort of thing, mm. you know, because Javante couldn't shoot the three or very, very rarely, you know, and but he made his impact on the team in different ways. And I think yeah. that's what Dalen's going to end up doing and possibly Julian Phillips as well. Um, obviously, who we picked up. It's obviously, we know Bulls don't like to play the young players or develop the young players shall we say using game time but I can't remember if it was on you one of your Bulls Central or you locked on today where you, you said about to have to have that game time to be able to develop mm-hmm. do you see that happening this year 
I see it happening, but not consistently. I think it's going to be one of those things where Billy Donovan's probably going to go to a player like Dalen or Julian Phillips with certain matchups, right? And how they perform when they need those certain matchups is going to tell the story on how much Billy Donovan trusts them more going forward. Like Julian Phillips, especially, like I really do see him being used similar to the Derrick Jones Jr. role, where, you know, sometimes we didn't see Derrick Jones Jr. for three games in a row. And then next thing you know, he'll have 12, 15 minutes for the next five games. So I think Julian Phillips is going to get a little bit of that just because he does have some size and some rebounding ability, and we don't have a lot of size on this team. Um, but it's, re it's really up to the players to hang their hat on what they do well, do that well when they get called on, even without it being a consistent role. And then at that point, we'll see what it ends up being for them long term. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a good point and, and hopefully something that Billy allows them to do. Um, and speaking about Billy, we know you have a bit of a love-hate relationship with Billy Donovan and often referring to him as Bubblegum Billy. What does <laughs> Billy Donovan have to do this season in order to win you over? I just want to see him use the players better. That's really it when it comes to Billy Donovan. Like, there's so many things in which we just don't see players used to what their the strengths of their skill set is. For example, like uh, Nikola Vucevic, he's he's not a true post up player, but post up and pins and pin downs, he's actually really good. We don't see that happen very often for him, and we don't see uh, Vuce used in like second half of games and in times where he was playing pretty well in first games, he doesn't touch the ball for five, six possessions in a row. Those are things that I want to see Billy Donovan fix using Zach Levine more in catch and shoot opportunities. Zach Levine is elite in catch and shoot. We ran less than 5% of Zach Levine's shots last year came off catch and shoot opportunity. So those are the things that I want to see Billy Donovan improve on. It's just utilizing what you have better. Do we have a perfect roster? No, no, we don't. But like, utilize if you can't use players to what their best skill set is, you're already artificially limiting your cap there because you're not putting them in the right position. So that's something I definitely want to see improve. Yeah, um, I totally agree with that. And um, speaking about giving people minutes and using them and utilizing them correctly, one of the thing that things that we've often talked about on our pod is. Um, how Billy doesn't really utilize or get the read of Andre Drummond properly. Um, I, I think it's a, it's a real skill that he needs to acquire in order for the number five position to be run correctly, because Andre Drummond obviously is the backup to Vooch. And when he comes on, he gives you bursts of crazy minutes that can yeah. be positive or negative, depending on how um, Drummond is playing. And, you know, we've always said kind of embrace the chaos because he does bring chaos and sometimes it's it's a good chaos and billy needs to learn how to read that and know when to sit him but when he sits him he doesn't need to sit him for the entirety of the game he just needs to sit him reset him and put him back in again so i suppose the question off the back of that is do you think that drummond is enough as a backup to Vooch? because we're really thin at the five i think drummond could be enough i think you know we have one of potentially one of the better backup fives in the league in Andre Drummond. I think you just, you do have to learn to utilize him correctly. You have to sit. There's going to be times absolutely where you're going to look and say, come on, drum, come and sit down, sit down next to me for a second. But there's also opportunities where you need to let drum work through that. And I hope that the Miami game really taught Billy Donovan that because you pulled out Andre Drummond and, and, and Kobe white when we had the lead in the fourth quarter and we ended up losing that game. And not that that's the only reason why we lost that game, but that's a, really big part of why we did like you got to learn how to ride the hot hand and drumming i love what you said though you gotta you gotta have you gotta embrace the chaos with drum because it is going to be chaotic at times but sometimes that chaos works to our, our benefit for sure yeah yeah i mean obviously one thing we've said is we seem very limited at the the sort of the five position obviously they brought in terry taylor when a lot of people were was expecting you know, Christian Wood or whoever it was going to be. Mm. Do you think that's a move that's going to end up being regretted? Not adding another, another big as such? I won't say Christian Wood specifically, um, but I will say that I do think that, especially if the Bulls, because we had health with Vooch. He played all 82 games last season. Uh, Drum missed a couple of games with injury and then a couple with, you know, this personal thing that he had going on. Um but as long as both those players stay relatively healthy, I think we'd be okay. My biggest concern is if one of those guys goes down, um, 
we have we have no real way of simulating what they bring. Like if Vooch goes down, we have nobody that can bring what Vooch brings offensively or passing wise or passing wise or basketball IQ wise. Right, Drum can step in. He can he can be a really good rebounder, weak side defender for you. Um, but he he doesn't bring the passing acumen. He doesn't bring the basketball IQ. He doesn't bring even the mid range shooting. If Drum goes down, we have nobody on the bench that brings the size Drummond does. Like Terry Taylor is a really good rebounder for his size, but the key word is there is for his size. I think he's what six six. So like there, there's definitely some concern there. And so you know, I was hoping hopeful that you know I, I know Carly Jones won the G League MVP. I really don't have much hope for him on the NBA level, and I was kind of hoping the Bulls would look to maybe move him and bring in some size, right? Um, and they still may look to do that. I think his deal is only partially guaranteed. They can waive that at any time and kind of, you know, not have to pay the rest of that contract, I think, up until, like, December or something. Um, so they could still look to do that if they see that they do need size or something happens. But otherwise, I, I just, I'm really worried about how thin we are at that center position. But if we got the health we have last season, we'll be okay. We'll be okay. Actually, Matt has a theory um, off the back of that Carlick Jones comment there. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we appreciate what Carlick's done, you know, the G League MVP, the way he played in the FIBA World Cup and everything like that. But we just don't think he's, he's right for Bulls. And my theory is, is if you go on the Bulls app, Javante Green still listed as being on the roster. <laughs> Which it's been updated because you've got Heidegger, Quentin Jackson, um, Henry Drell have all been added to it. So, like you said, his deal's only guaranteed or partially guaranteed. And I kind of think that Javante's injury is worse than we were first told about, which is why he's not been seen in doing any workouts, uh, pro runs, anything like that. But he's obviously still around the team. And it just kind of feels to me like they're waiting to see how he does with his fitness and stuff like that. Maybe wave Carlick and then bring in Javante at some point. And uh, I think you mentioned on Locked On that he was at that, that baseball game, what they had last week. You know, so he's around the team. He's He was at the uh, Denard Bros Pro Runs and stuff like that as well. So he's still in Chicago, which, you know, he's not contracted to him officially. So, yeah. You know, to me, that's just an option, um, <laughs> depending on his fitness and his health. I agree. Like, Javante's been – the, the team was at an arcade. He was there. Like, he's been at every, basically, team event that they've had this summer, and he's not on the roster. And, like, like Javante is one of those players that, like, having him on the back end of your bench, you can almost do – you can't do much better than that, right? Like, because he brings everything. He's going to play any position that you need him to play. He's going to bring energy. I do. I definitely think that it's it's the injury. I do think that it was worse than what we've been told. Um, you know, he had a similar uh, surgery to what Lonzo Ball's first surgery was, not the second one, the first one. So, uh, you know, it could be an extended period of time where he has recovery, but he could have a, a wink-week deal with the Bulls that say, hey, as soon as you're healthy, we're bringing you back on. And I wouldn't be mad at that at all. Yeah. And it's going to be a lot cheaper than what it would have been originally as well. Yeah. Thought. Uh, yeah. But like you say, he's a great utility player. He can slot in anywhere. And, you know, he, he gives you five players for the price of one, right? <laughs> five Javantes <laughs> out there. Um, so let's talk theoretically for a second, right? So if the balls come out hot, what tweaks do you think could push the team further up the table? I would have to say operating more inside out with Vooch. Vooch is one of the best basketball IQ players that we have. He's one of the smartest passers that we have. And if somebody's open, he's going to find them and get them the ball more time, more, more likely than not. So I would say do that because I think Zach Levine, really good off ball. That, that means you can run him on more catch-and-shoot opportunities. Javon Carter knows how to get to his spot without the ball as well. Really, the only player on our roster that isn't really good without having the ball in the hands is DeMar. And I think DeMar is a smart enough player as well to where he can adapt. Now, you're still going to have to run some half-court sets with him having the ball in his hands. It's just That's just a byproduct of having DeMar. You don't want DeMar on your team if you're not going to put the ball in your hands. But I think offensively, if the Bulls can do that, right, if they can – do operate more with Vooch operating kind of as a as, as Jokic light in a way. 
I think that that can really work, especially like if Kobe, on times where Kobe's out there with Vooch. I think that works a lot there as well. So that's one of the offensive scheme things I would like to see the Bulls change a lot. And then also I would like to see the Bulls use more, now that they have a lot of versatile defenders, when you look at, we got Caruso, we got Javon, we got Patrick Williams, right? We got, we got Drum out there who can do some things with switching. I would like to see the Bulls be able to use their length more to their advantage when they have it out there. They're not always going to have it, but I would like to see that we don't switch a lot. And when we do, we only switch on pick and rolls. And by that point in time, we get caught behind the pick and roll. So I would like to see kind of more of that switchability out there on the perimeter because I think we now have the players in the roster to do so. And I didn't even mention uh, Io DeSumo, if he does crack the rotation, he's another player that can guard two or three positions. So i like to see that a little bit more on the defensive side as well. Yeah, and um, so flipping it then, uh, if the Bulls come out cold, what changes do you think need to happen first? Fire Billy Donovan. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm always going to say that. Um, it, it, it really depends. I think if we come out, let's say Javon Carter is the starting point guard and we come out cold, I would like to see then Kobe get a, get a shot because Kobe grew a lot in as far as his decision-making, his point guardsmanship, things like that. Um, but I think I think – at some point, if we start off the season really cold and as we get closer to the deadline, if we make it out, uh, November, December, and we're still kind of just a middling team, I think at that point, AK has to look to make a move. And I say the reason why I say this is because you do have that disabled player exception to where you can absorb a lot of salary into that. You still got to send out some salary so we don't go into the luxury tax because we're still a Jerry Ryan store phone. But I like to see AK get creative in trying to change up the, the the mix of this roster if we start off cold again yeah um I, I i think you're not far wrong there i think if it does come out and it's not working the system is looking like it's not going to take off it's not going to work out changes need to be made sooner rather yeah. than later i mean the big fear of course is that they sit on it and continue along this line of con continuity pardon my language and um they keep trying to make it work. Um, I mean, it gets to a point where you have to realize that a square peg isn't going to go into a round hole and they need to start making some changes. Yeah, 100% agree with you there. Yeah, well, Vooch has kind of come out and said, Annie, it's like last, well, I think it was on Bulls Talk today, the kind of coined the phrase last dance again. Yeah. You know, and it, it does kind of feel like that. And I guess for it to be over, Obviously, we've got Demar's contract coming to an end. But the piece that constantly gets talked about and is constantly talked about at the minute is obviously Zach. You know, and do you feel like all these constant trade rumours and stuff like that will end up having an effect on Zach, whether it's positive or negative? No, Zach's been in trade rumors literally almost since he came to the Chicago Bulls. Like, I, I, I expect Zach at this point to understand, and he said as much. It's part of the business. Um, you know, he's even said that he's talked to AK and everything. He feels solid in where he is. What do, what do you say this year, this summer? Like, I'm going to be – I'm confident I'm going to be here for a long time. So, like, I don't think I don't think it's going to affect Zach much. I, I just don't. I expect him – like, he's 28 years old. He's been in the league a decade at this point. If anybody's used to the trade rumors, it should be Zach Levine. So – yeah, yeah I, mean, I, I kind of agree with that, but I'm going to push back on it a little bit. And that being that Zach, as we know, we've seen it before. He lets things get in his head. Do you know? I do. I think he lets more of the refs get in his head, though. Now, that is something he absolutely let get in his head. The referees, if he does, feels like he doesn't get a call, he's he's ruined the rest of the game. But yeah. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> true. That's true. Yeah. It's almost like he starts trying too hard like to prove a point. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it it kind of feels like this season's sort of now or never for Zach as well, uh, mm -hmm. to me anyway. You know, and I think really it's a bit of a compliment that he is in these these trade rumours all the time because you've got your contending teams that probably see him as that second sort of player or however wherever they fit him in to to push him over the top, and if not, it's a team. Like a mid-team, like like Bulls that see him as a, a star player that lifts them that little bit higher. So I don't think it's a negative thing really that he is constantly in them. It's just annoying more than anything, you know. Because especially last week, you know, because we're kind of we're ready for the season now, and then all of a sudden 
you've got these reporters throwing out these, well, supposed, you know, they spoke to execs and stuff like that, like they always say. It just kind of feels like people put bulls into these trade rumours, these trade talks, for a bit of clout more than anything. Whether there's any, any truth to it or what, you know, like Jake Fisher's constantly got stuff to say, but I don't think anything's ever come true what he's actually saying. Um, I mean, for us over here, we probably don't read them stories quite as much as maybe you do over there. It's basically we see them when the rumours come out and you're obviously on Twitter and stuff like that. So, yeah, do you think that there is any sort of truth when these rumours come out? I think that the Bulls are listening to deals, and I think that because some writers know that, and they like they try to include Zach Levine in any star that 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 could be moved as, and it, you know, I I think a lot of it is the fact that it's just it's the dead time of offseason. Everybody's looking for for a headline, and you know, I I I'm not saying that the Bulls haven't listened to some calls and said, hey, what so what would Zach get us in a case like this? They've quickly heard that they because they they do value Zach Levine. I mean, last that we've heard is that. If they do move Zach, they want a young player. They want a, a veteran. They want two, two or three first round picks. That's not a player that you don't value. So, you know, I mean, there's a, there's a right price for just about anybody in the league, especially when you're a team that hasn't, you know, even made it out the first round in the last decade. So, like, there's a value for everybody. There's the right price. Um, but I think that the Bulls hold Zach in such a high regard that that price hasn't been met yet. So that's that's the way that I look at it. Yeah. Yeah, and sort of on Zach and Demar, do you think it's more important that we get like the All Star seasons out of them again, or that we see the likes of P. Will and Kobe step up and bridge that gap, basically that was quite obvious last season? To raise the ceiling for the Bulls' future, it has it can only come via the young players taking a step and a leap. That's it. That's it. Zach Levine at this point, he is who he is. Can he refine his game? Can he become more efficient? Absolutely. DeMar DeRozan, I've learned to never count DeMar DeRozan now. He can always add something to the game, but for the most part, he is who he is. But who he is is not. There are only 38 players in NBA history who have scored more points than DeMar DeRozan. That's a pretty damn good player, right? So, like, you can't knock that. But I think for the Bulls to get to that next level, it has to come via Kobe, a Patrick Williams, a Dalen. Uh, Io, Julian Phillips, like some of these guys really turning out to show that if they don't have star level potential, that they have that they have close to that. And if two out of those, however many players I just named, I can't count, uh, if two out of those players do that, that drastically raises that ceiling for the Chicago Bulls. So I think that that's, that's the most important thing. That was the title of my video today. Like development is one of the most important things this season for the Chicago Bulls. Because if you, if you de start developing players to where we can start, betting on what they're going to be in the future, then you can start figuring out the direction your team needs to go. Right now, the Bulls are still so hard figuring out a direction because we got some good veterans. They are who they are, but we haven't seen any of the young players really step up in a way that you say they are players that absolutely have to be on this roster in the next three to five years. So, Yeah, and as you mentioned there with DeMar, you know, he's quite capable of adding something to his game. Oh, all off season, all you see on Twitter is he needs to add that three point shot. Mm -hmm. And as you said, there's only 38 people who've scored more points than him in the NBA. We've said before, we don't think he needs to add it. What we want to see is the San Antonio Demar, the facilitating, you know, the getting back to moving the ball around his teammates rather than it sticking with him, basically. Yeah. But Demar can shoot the three. He just seems to choose not to. But when he does, it's usually quite dramatic and ends in back-to-back -back buzzer beaters. Um, so do you think that's something he needs to add to his game or you're quite happy with him not, basically? I mean, I think that I want to see him take more in the sense that there are going to be some that are open for him. But, I mean, DeMar is who he, who he is, and that's why we added more three-point shooting around DeMar because you want DeMar to be – able to be you don't want him thinking out there too much you don't want any player doing that right so I, I think DeMar is going to take more threes because we we did see that towards the second half of the season as well after we added Pat Bev 
he did start taking more threes and he hit it at a pretty good clip as well. So I think that's going to naturally come him, him taking more, but by more, I mean, maybe averaging a, a half to an extra three pointer per game. But that that alone is could could really change the Chicago Bulls. But I don't think he necessarily needs to go out there all of a sudden and start, you know, trying to drain threes night in and night out. Let him come in the flow of the game. Yeah, I mean, it kind of feels like Bulls Nation want every player on the court just shooting threes. Yeah, and it kind of feels like we're going to get to a point where everybody's just standing around the art passing it and not knowing who's going to shoot it. You know, to me, you need that that variation and like you say with Javon Carter and Tory Craig coming in who will quite happily shoot DeMar doesn't necessarily need to do it we know he can do it but he doesn't need to do it you know Zach's the one that needs to be taking the more threes if anybody I think yeah, because he can hit them and he can chuck them as well so yeah. you know yeah I, I think as well, you know, like off the back of what you're saying there, Matt, with the standing around the outside shooting threes, which, you know, certain teams can do that at times. Passing the ball in and then kicking it back out again to a shooter that you know will shoot it, is willing to shoot it and can shoot it is important. But putting the ball in before you kick it back out again makes the defence close in and creates that space. I mean, it's all good and well saying to three-pointers, to three-point shooters to stand outside and, and shoot three-point shots all the time. But eventually the defense is going to move out towards them and then they're going to have to move further back in order to shoot. You know, everybody's going to start shooting from Steph Curry ranging the logo. <laughs> you know, it, it's got to get to a point where the ball has to be moved around accurately and effectively, that the, the ball moves inside, outside in order to create space for shooters to shoot too. Yeah. Yeah. And... Um... I mean, I, I, yeah, I'm not a fan of the three-point game. It, <laughs> it's, I find it really boring. You know, it's good when they're spectacular, like buzzer beaters and stuff like that, but I'd much rather watch someone like Zach get into the rim and stuff like that. It's a lot more entertaining, or Drummond, as it, after he's made a steal and gone the length of the court and Euro stepped and <laughs> done whatever he's going to do. But, yeah, it's there. Uh, Neil knows my my hatred for the three point game and yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I get why we need to improve it, but yeah, it's just it's not for me. No. Like it like it or not, unfortunately it's the way the game is developing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's the way it's going. Yeah, so I mean, just to finish off, um, as you know, if you've listened in the fact we've been asking our recent guests for some player predictions moving in. Obviously, we've got Casey Johnson's receipts, um, Peck and Big Dave's receipts, and obviously now we're going to get yours. Um, basically, just three three player awards that we want to get your opinion on. And the first one is, who do you think will be Bulls MVP this season? I mean, I want to see it be Zach. I think... Zach starting off the season fully healthy. We haven't seen that in a while. The last time we saw Zach fully healthy to start a season, he was on pace to have one of his better seasons, and then he went down with a knee injury. I think him and Lonzo went down in the same game. So I think I, I want to see it be Zach Levine, and by that I mean not just by the numbers. I want to see Zach Levine step up in his game in a way where against the biggest competition we're seeing Zach have big performances, and we started seeing that towards the end of the season last year. So Zach Levine is the one that I want to see be the Bulls MVP this season. Yeah, that seems to be the general sort of consensus with it. And it's like we've said, you know, we want to see Zach get back to being that all-star, potentially all-NBA. But to do it, he's, he's got to be a winning player, hasn't he? You know, which yeah. means both got to be a winning team. And that's maybe where Zach falls down a little bit. For sure. So the next one, Bulls most improved. I'm going to go I'm going to go Kobe White. And he he definitely could have won it last year, but I think Kobe White what he showed in his ability to be a playmaker, his basketball IQ, his defense. The one thing that wasn't consistent with Kobe last year was shooting. And I think that Kobe's going to come into this year kind of understanding his role more, understanding how to go about and get his. I think he's going to be on a better suited team for that as well. Another player that, you know, at post all-star break his shooting went from 41% to 40 almost 49% overall from the field that's not anything you could take lightly so i think we're going to see kobe 
kind of meld what we've seen from him as far as like everything but scoring and then bring that scoring as well. And I think Kobe White's going to have, I've said it on my show, like I think Kobe's going to have a, a six man of the year type season. The Bulls have to win for him actually to get it, get involved in that in that award. But I think he's going to have that type of season where we look at Kobe White just, just impressing and just everything finally coming together for him. Yeah, you're, you're certainly preaching to the choir with that one. <laughs> <laughs> we were driving that Kobe train last year, so... Yeah. Listen, my first first big video ever on my channel. This was two years ago. Uh, this was the year that right after we signed Lonzo and Demar, and everybody thought, "Oh, Kobe's gone by the deadline. We're gonna move Kobe to bring in some size." And the first video I had that blew up on my channel was the Bulls would be crazy to trade Kobe White this year. And I remember there were people in my comments saying, "You don't know what you're talking about. How could you? How could you think that Kobe's not gonna be moved?" And now two years later, everybody's like, "Oh, we need to give Kobe more minutes." I'm like, "Yeah, see." I know what I'm talking about from time to time. <laughs> Something's got to stick eventually. <laughs> and the last one, the Bulls' unsung hero. Now, obviously, that's like the the player that just goes under the radar, but gets it done basically. I think it's. I guess can we say Alice Caruso is under the radar? But I think Alice Caruso because I just what he brings to the Bulls is so important, and I really hate to see people that don't understand how Alice Caruso helps the Bulls be a better team but all because they look at the box score and they're like oh what he he scored four points like yeah but he also probably limited the team from scoring however many points like Alice Caruso is so important to the Bulls getting out in transition their overall brand of defense right the energy he's always one that makes a big play he can guard some of the best players in the NBA Alice Caruso is always going to be an unsung hero for me because I think that people just, for those that just really kind of look at the end of the game and look at the box score, you will never understand how good Alice Caruso is as a player because you got to watch the games. And Alice Caruso is just, he's that he's he's the type of player that I love because he he get he just finds a way to get it done. There's sometimes where Alice Caruso is guarding players where you're like, there's no way the 6'4 guard should be be able to guard Giannis for a possession or whatever, and he gets it done. And so Alice Cruz is my pick for that one for sure. Yeah, and actually going back on something we were talking about earlier on with uh, DT, I think that Alex Caruso is a great player for him to maybe, if he can't get his shot together, to um, fashion his game on. I agree with that. 100% agree with that. Yeah, so that's that's me done for the questions uh, if Neil's got anything else for you uh, I've nothing I've nothing else to add I just we really appreciate you taking time out of your incredibly busy schedule to come on and, and chat to us uh, this evening uh, anytime man literally anytime you guys know I've, I've loved you guys and supported you guys for forever that's never going to stop if you need me here I'm here I'll, I'll find a way I'll find as long as as long as the kids don't have games going on I'll find a way to be here so. <laughs> absolutely yeah. yeah as neil says you know obviously we fully fully appreciate it everything that you've done previous as well i i guess well you probably find you in a load of places but let the people know absolutely you guys can follow me personally at ceo hayes that's ceo h-a-i-z-e uh if you want to check out my youtube channel chicago bull central chicago bear central We'll just stick to those. You'll find other ones from there. So go and support me there. <laughs> Sounds good. Or just jump onto Twitter, type in Chicago Bulls, and I can guarantee you somewhere in the feed, you're going <laughs> to see this man's face. Absolutely. <laughs> Probably. Probably. <laughs> but yeah. That's it. Fully appreciate it. And uh, we'll speak to you again at some Anytime, point. Anytime, guys. Here at CMAG UK, we are raising awareness for Andy's Man Club. Andy's Man Club is a non-profit charity that run peer groups for men all over the UK. These run on a Monday evening, 7pm until 9pm. Free to attend, tea and biscuits, and just talk, basically, because men don't talk. That's Andy's Man Club. You can find out the uh, club locations on their website. And remember, it's okay to talk. Yeah, so that was our chat with his, you know, um, very busy man, as you yeah. know, follow any of his content, um, and he likes to talk about bulls and everyone else, but, you know, obviously appreciate his coming on, it, it was uh, 
we were scheduled to do it last week, but as he yeah. sort of mentioned at the end, his, his daughter had a, a baseball game or something that cropped up or got delayed. Yeah, it got um, cancelled the day before and ended up falling onto the day we planned to record. So yeah. he, had to, he had to push it back. Yeah, so obviously we appreciate Hayes for being flexible and rearranging and as much as we as he could, fitting into our schedules as well. You know, it is nearly, well, it's 11.30 at night now. Um, so that's how late we, we're going into these recordings to, to bring you the content, basically. So, yeah, what did you, you make of the, the chat with him? Yeah, I mean, we spoke with him before on his pod, and this is the first time we've had him onto our pod having a chat. And um, it's always enjoyable to talk to somebody who is so knowledgeable and involved in the game and obviously has the same love and affiliation to the Bulls that, that we have. So, um, yeah, it's it's always an enjoyable time to talk to anybody um, that loves the Bulls as much as we do. Yeah. Now, we are planning on another episode this week, um, just the two of us as we're trying to round out our predictions. And mm-hmm. as we've said at the start, it's it's media day and training camp next week. So it's starting to get a little bit real. Um, we are trying to set up a couple of other guests, hopefully before the season starts and things get going for real. So, yeah, um, as usual, thanks for listening. Um, and obviously, once again, thank you to Hayes for, for joining us. And as usual, I've been Matt. You can find me on Twitter at MattCRedUK and you can find us on all the socials at CRedUK. And you can find me on Twitter at NeilCRedUK. On behalf of us both and the Fans First Sports Network, thanks once again to everyone for tuning in. Whether you are watching or listening, please do remember to subscribe, rate and review and give us that thumbs up on YouTube. From Matt and myself, remember it's a Chicago Bulls thing wherever you are in the world. Until next time, see red people.